Welcome to Spooky Anne Radio and this week's Campfire Stories episode. In these episodes, prepare to be scared and spooked from around my campfire here on Spooky Island. No filler, just fire in these episodes. So it's time to get wrapped up in your blanket and toast some marshmallows and relax with Spooky Island Radio Campfire Tales. So my first story today in this week's Campfire Tales is the story of a talking doll and an old woman who loves dolls and a young woman who hates them. There was an old couple who had hired a new maid to help around their house. The wife had a huge doll collection and the maid was expected to dust them at least once a week. And so at least once a week the maid walked into the room where the dolls were stored and looked at them in disgust. She hated dolls. But while she was dusting, she came across a particularly strange doll. It was a talking doll, and it had a cord in the back. The maid was interested and pulled the cord. The doll said, Hello. The maid pulled the cord again. I love my mama, said the doll. The maid put the doll back and continued cleaning. A few weeks later, while dusting off the dolls again, the maid accidentally knocked the doll over. It shattered, and soon as it hit the ground, the old woman heard the sound and went to investigate. And when she walked into the room and saw her shattered doll, a very sad look came across her face. The maid saw this quickly and said, I'm I'm really sorry, I didn't mean to break her, I, I won't do it again. The old woman looked down at her sad, broken doll, and told the maid that she could only keep her job if she promises to be extra careful around the dolls. And of course, the maid agreed. The next day, the old couple left the maid alone while they went out to run some errands. The maid was in such a bad mood that she neglected to do her job. While she was sitting in the kitchen enjoying some of the couple's fancy chocolate, the maid thought of a vicious idea. She slowly made her way into the room where the dolls were kept, and she thought for a moment about how the old woman was about her bro- how sad the old woman was about her broken doll. The maid picked up a doll and said, "She must really love these," and threw the doll on the floor. It shattered, and the maid smiled. She loved the feeling of breaking the dolls. Something about shattering sound pleased her. She threw more and more dolls on the floor and she was still in her doll-killing rage when the couple came to the door. The old woman ran to her broken dolls, and she looked up up at the maid with a baleful expression and asked, What are you doing? The husband, seeing his wife so upset, immediately told the maid she was fired. The maid collected her things and left in an even worse mood than before. She was so angry that later that night she snuck back into the old couple's home, knowing they would be sound asleep. She crept into the kitchen, found the biggest knife she could, and made her way to the bedroom. The next morning, the maid returned to the house and acted like an innocent bystander and told the police that she worked for the couple. She played the sorry victim that had lost good friends. She told police that the old couple were loving, nice, caring people and she had no idea why somebody would want to kill them. At that point, she slowly walked into the house, saying she wished to make sure no one had hurt the old woman's precious doll collection. 
When she got to the talking doll, she picked it up and pulled the cord. Hello? It said. She pulled the cord again and it said, Why did you kill my mama? The maid looked horrified. What did you just say? Why did you kill my mama? Asked the doll. The maid stared in shock. She kept pulling the cord. Why did you kill my mama? She was a nice mama. I loved her so much. Why did you kill her? The maid stared at the doll. She could not believe what was happening. You killed my mama. The doll screamed. The maid threw it to the ground and ran from the house. The next morning, the maid was found dead in her bed. In her arms was the talking doll. When investigators pulled the cord on the doll's back, it just kept repeating. She killed my mama. She killed my mama. My second story today is a scary story about a family who experience a weird and disturbing supernatural presence in their cellar. Years ago, my family went on a vacation to Cape Cod and we rented a small old house to stay in for two weeks. On the main floor was the kitchen, the living room and a bathroom. The bedroom was on the second floor and there was a basement room downstairs with a washer and dryer, a sofa and a television. On the first night, we were all awakened by a terrible scream from my sister's bedroom. When my dad burst into her room and turned on the light, he found her sitting up in bed, screaming and crying. My parents sat with her and comforted her until she finally calmed down enough to tell them why she was scared. She said that she had been awakened in the middle of the night by a horrible stench, and when she opened her eyes, she had seen in the entire bedroom soaked in blood from top to bottom. There was blood all over the floor, bloody handprints on the walls, and blood spatter all over the ceiling. We all thought that she had just been having a nightmare, but she refused to go back into her bedroom and stayed in our parents' room for the remainder of the holiday. One evening, my mother was cooking dinner in the kitchen upstairs, and my father had gone out to run an errand in a nearby town. My sister and I were in the basement room watching TV, when all of a sudden, the light bulb popped and the TV went off leaving us in complete darkness. The basement was unfinished and had stone walls, making it a bit of a creepy place, and for a few seconds we just froze, not knowing what to do. Then we started to smell something horrible. It was a terrible stench, and when it hit our noses we felt nauseous. It smelled like rotten flesh. The smell quickly grew worse and worse and then we just heard a scratching in the darkness. Something seemed to be scratching on the floor or the walls. We screamed and began scrambling around in the pitch black trying to find the door. Eventually we managed to open the door and ran upstairs screaming to our mother. We kept telling her about the disgusting smell and and that we heard some scratching and scraping down there. My mother eventually agreed to go down to the basement, replace the bulb and check out the source of the horrible smell. She took a flashlight and a new bulb and disappeared into the darkened basement. And as we waited for her at the top of the stairs, we expected her to return quickly, but she seemed to be down there for an eternity. Suddenly, we saw her emerge out of the darkness and come running up the stairs. She slammed the basement door behind her and bolted it as fast as she could. 
She turned to us and we could see in her face she had completely drained of colour. Her eyes were wide with fear and she just said, I don't want you going down there again. Then she went into the kitchen and called the police. We overheard her conversation on the phone and managed to figure out that she'd seen someone down in the basement room. And as we waited for the police to come, we huddled together in the living room, staring at the basement door. At any moment, we expected to hear someone banging on it or trying to break it down. And my mother refused to tell us what she had seen. When the police arrived, my mother greeted them at the front door and ushered them inside. She unbolted the basement door and when they went into the darkness with their flashlights and their guns drawn. They searched the entire basement room, but found nothing. There was no way out other way out of the basement, no windows, no doors. Whatever was down there would have had to have come up through the basement door. After the police left, my mother finally revealed what she had seen down there in the pitch black basement. As she spoke, she became very still and quiet. She said that she had been changing the light bulb downstairs when she began to smell the horrible stench that we described to her. Then she started to hear a faint scratching noise. She shone her flashlight around the room and suddenly caught sight of something crouched between the washer and dryer. It was a man crouched on all fours. His clothes were tattered, his hair was wild and tangled and his face didn't look human. It was twisted in an expression of pure hatred, and in that split second he looked up at my mother, and his eyes reflected the beam from her flashlight. Then he suddenly crawled forward and disappeared through a wall. When my mother, when my mother saw him simply vanish into thin air, she dropped the flashlight and ran. After that, not one of us would go down in the basement. We kept the door locked and bolted, and every night we slept in our parents' room and locked that door too. We cut our holiday short for a few days later and just drove home. My third and final story today is about two boys who encounter a terrifying ghost in a convenience store one night. There were two teenage boys who had been best friends since they started school together. They both managed to get part-time jobs working on the night shift at a local 24-hour convenience store. They started at midnight and finished at 7 in the morning. It's, it's known as the graveyard shift. Because the boys were working overnight, it soon became very boring. There were never very many customers, and they mostly spent their time sitting behind the checkout counter, talking, watching movies, or playing computer games on their iPads. One night, they were sitting at the checkout counter as usual, eating sweets and chatting about nothing in particular. The monitor for the security cameras was behind the counter, but nothing ever happened, so they only checked it occasionally. The monitor screen was split into four, displaying footage from security cameras at the checkout counter, the food aisles, the magazine rack, and the parking lot outside. When one of the boys happened to glance at the monitor, he noticed that there was a woman standing in front of the magazine rack with her back to the camera. She had long flowing black hair that reached down to her waist. That's weird, he said to himself. I didn't hear the door chime go off when she came in. He didn't think too much about it and went back to watching his movie. But something was strange. Half an hour passed 
When he glanced at the monster again, the woman was still there. She didn't show any signs of moving. He wondered if she was reading a magazine. When they looked closely at the monitor, he saw that the woman's hands were empty. She was just standing there, staring at the magazine rack. Hey, he whispered to the boy, do you think she's trying to steal something? His friend also had the same thought and nodded in agreement. The woman's behaviour seemed somewhat strange to the teenagers, and so they came out from behind the counter to investigate. One boy went down the left aisle, and the other went down the right. When they peeked around the shelves, they were surprised to see nobody there. Where did she go? asked the first boy. She would have had to have passed at least one of us. And just then, they heard the sound of the toilet flushing. What? said the second boy. How did she get to the bathroom? The boys went back to the checkout, but when they looked at the monitor, a chill went down their spines. The woman was standing at the magazine rack in exactly the same position as before. That was fast, said the first boy, puzzled. Too fast, said his friend. Thinking there must be something wrong with the security camera, the boys went back to the magazine rack just as before, and they found nobody there. Cold sweat was running down their backs, and they both looked at each other wide-eyed and frightened. Then, without a word, the boys returned to the counter. This time, when they bent down and peered into the monitor, the security camera showed that there was nobody at the magazine rack. She's gone, said the first boy. He breathed aside a relief and turned his face to his friend. Wait, don't move, hissed the second boy urgently. Both of them froze, staring in the mon- into the monitor. What is it? whispered the first boy. His friend's voice was shaken. Don't look behind you, he hissed. The first boy, mystified, reflected on the screen in the monitor. He could see his own face and his friend's face, and suddenly he noticed it. Right between their faces was the reflection of a third face, a deathly pale face, a woman's face. The boys were too scared to scream, and they just stood there staring at the monitor, trembling. A few minutes passed, and their ghostly face faded away. I think she's gone, said the second boy to the other, breathing a sigh of relief. Nervously, he looked over his shoulder and found nobody there. His friend wiped the sweat from his brow, and his heart was beating fast. I don't think so, he said. Both boys stared at the monitor again. The woman was standing there at the magazine rack. Slowly, she turned around to face the camera and grinned. Her mouth split open from ear to ear as she held up a bloody knife and ran it across her throat in a threatening gesture. The two boys didn't pause for a second. They immediately ran out as fast as they could, crashing through the front door. They spilled out into the street and didn't look back. They only stopped running when they arrived home. The next day, the two boys were called to the convenience store and quit their their part-time jobs. Today, it's no longer a 24-hour convenience store. It closes at midnight and reopens at 7. With the campfire now beginning to fade, I think I will leave it there for today. I hope you enjoyed this week's scary camp stories and remember to listen out for a full episode of Spooky Island Radio next week. Until then, over and out.